You're listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. One of our sponsors of the Dairy Voice podcast is National DHIA. NDHIA ensures information accuracy and represents their members' interests. They are the direct voice for the dairy information industry. To find out more, go to dhia.org. My name is Juan Piñero, and I'm an extension dairy specialist for Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. And today I'm the host of Dairy Voice. It is my pleasure to introduce Dr. Song Du. Dr. Lu did his bachelor in Beijing, China in engineer. Uh, then he did his master's uh, in Tennessee State University and PhD and postdoc at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. He's an extension specialist at Texas A&M University and uh, he's specialized in the area of mortality and manure management. Welcome, Song. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for your time and, and for accepting to uh, join us in this interview. We have 418 people uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday, um, so yesterday and the day before yesterday at the High Plains Dairy Conference. Uh, we're very happy with the attendance. We increased 12% the attendance compared to the last one in 2020. There were great topics uh, about reproduction, nutrition, uh, the Net Zero Initiative and, and, and uh, anaerobic digester uh, projects. We also have some topics about robotics and animal behavior and welfare. It, it was a great conference. So, Song, t- tell us a little bit, wh- what uh, do you think about the conference? Is there any topic that you enjoyed uh, the most in particular? Uh, I mean, this is a great conference. I was really happy to be part of it. And as a manure guy, I call myself a manure guy. So I was really happy to see like manure was one of the major topics, like the major concern. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people sitting in the sessions. So I was really impressed by that. Mm-hmm. And then there were like you know, quite a few topics related to manure, like manure treatment and the manure related like law and regulations. And also we were talking about like the carbon credit and the economy like impacts and how we would work with this and what we were looking into and where we are. So those are really good questions. And I think this is like, you know, definitely a great time to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, so tell us a little bit about your work first in, with Texas A&M University. Um, how, how would you describe your work with regards to extension, research, and teaching? We know you do a lot of extension work, but you also have a lot of research projects. Um, how, how do you partition your time, basically? Yes, yes. Um, my appointment is research and extension, so those are the major component mm-hmm. of my work. I do. Uh, have some like a guest lecture about manure management and the animal waste such mm-hmm. as mortality management uh, like a guest lectures and on campus we have like research going and the capstone projects but other than that like uh, extension is the major part of it and of course research so I'm going to just uh, share a few of my research projects I'm sure. going to share and maybe it's like you know some of the extension work what we're doing uh, one of the uh, projects I want to share is like actually, actually a lot of our 
our uh, producers heard about it, we call it manure candy. Mm-hmm. So what we make, why we call it manure candy is we make those manure granules, but we code it. Mm-hmm. So we code with like natural polymers so we can control the release of the nutrient. Mm-hmm. So this is good for the soil and for the water because we can reduce leaching and runoff and we can control the nutrient release the best to a crop. So mm-hmm. that's one part of it. We right now in my lab we have this small scale like a palletizer, and we're trying to perfect the coding so we can control the release. That's one of the project. And let me stop you there and, <laughs> yeah. and ask you a question. Mm-hmm. So in, in in very basic terms, and and, and perhaps for some um, of our audience that may not be familiar as with these projects, basically what you are saying is that you do some sort of pellets with the manure and those pellets, when you apply, apply it to the soil, they will release nutrients uh, at a more slower rate. And by that, you, you will be decreasing the, the risk to have some leakage and have some nutrients ending up in, in rivers or in lagoon and, and de- decreasing the, the risk of leaches. Right? Yes, exactly. So for manure management, one of the biggest part is liquid and solid separation. So liquid is harder to transport. So we try to separate as much as nutrient into the solids. So how can we reduce even more of like the solids weight? So that's why we make this into pallets. And sometimes we even incorporate with some other fertilizers to make this like the perfect quote unquote perfect fertilizer. So how to make this even better? So that's why we come into this idea because my engineering background before we try to use a certain polymer, natural polymer to code onto it, onto those like granules so we can control the release. So make the nutrients the best available to the crop whenever they need it. So we don't apply too much of those into the soil mm-hmm. once all at once so we can reduce the leaching and runoff. And this will add value to the manure of dairy farmers and potentially you think that in, in the future if you continue doing this research and this could be scale up, potentially they could ser- sell this manure and, and w- where do you think that they, they could sell it if they sell this manure? The, this manure? Right, of Pellets. course, like you know, for this we, we are actually even thinking like a higher end of the product. Yeah. It's not like, you know, just uh, some compost that we get from our farm and we sell to our neighbors. We want to make this even higher value so we can make more profit for our producers. So we try to make the manure into money. Mm-hmm. So because how we can control it and how we can make this sustainable, we are targeting some like a higher um, market mm-hmm. such as like, you know, somewhere like urban agriculture or like some we call the cash crop, like, you know, certain like vegetables or like blueberries, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. So that's our goal. Right now we are still in the lab scale uh, phase. We got some like a startup, um, uh, like a seed grant from uh, internal grant. We're working on this part. When your goal is to help animals reach their full potential, health matters. Diamond V offers a fresh perspective on animal health a perspective that supports gut health, strengthens immunity, and ultimately enhances performance. For those who choose to invest in keeping healthy animals healthy, Feeding Diamond V makes a statement about another dimension of profit, where margins are measured by confidence in your future. To get a fresh perspective, visit diamondv.com, because animal health deserves a healthier approach. So, Song, you are probably, we have a few dairy farmers listening to to this uh, podcast right now. Um, are, are you trying to, to reach out to dairy farmers and, and, and trying to uh, get some samples to, to do some more research with, with manure and will that help you on, on your research projects? 
Yes, of course, we always like you know welcome to have like more manure samples for like research project or just like you know for our farmers who want to test their manure. Um, for example, like you know those days we have like a, a producers or companies reach out to us. They were they want to analyze or like you know study investigate the feasibility of like a biomass in production for this anaerobic digester. So they send up uh, send us samples so we can do those analysis. Um, like a test um, total solids, like volatile solids. Volatile solids is really important because those are the parts actually converted into biogas. Mm-hmm. And also we can test like nutrients like NPK and other like elements like calcium, magnesium. Mm-hmm. And we can also test the BOD and the COD. Those are like uh, the, the organic, the mm-hmm. BOD is biological o- uh, oxygen demand. So those are like the organic manure. So we can test all those. So we will have like understanding how much biomass, uh, I mean biogas can be produced using this manure. Mm-hmm. So, and also we can even do more, like we can set up small scale digesters in our lab so we can uh, like predict how much biogas can produce. So for certain, like in the companies work with us, we will charge them like, you know, those testing fees, but for like, you know, our producers, we try to help them like, you know, try to test all those for free. Mm-hmm. So I didn't understand one part when you were talking about the volatile solids mm-hmm. uh, what do you mean by that what is that concept is that solids that will produce gases like methane is that what that means yes exactly like you know for manure we have like a two two uh, solids that's usually we refer to although there are even like you know in details but uh, there are two parts one is total solids one is volatile solids volatile solids means it will become like a gas uh, it will emit out. So those are like, you know, those parts will be um, degraded and, and released at a higher temperature. That's how we analyze this in our lab. Mm-hmm. But if it's, if it's not in this condition, if like, you know, in the digester, it will slower, slowly released into the, uh, the, the chamber. So that's why we want to like measure how much volatile solids like within one day, like a high temperature so we can analyze how much is the this volatile solids. So because of this, we will have a good understanding how much biogas can produce mm-hmm. based on certain manure. Because you know, each farm they have different like feed, different manure handling or different species, like you know, different like you know cows cows like uh, jerseys or like you know different ones. So that's why we want to like, you know, take samples to help our producers to understand how much actually their potential, we call this biomedicine potential, so we can analyze those. Okay. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we see a lot of this anaerobic digester in, in uh, the northeast region of the U.S. We see it in the Midwest, uh, also in the West region. I know you have been uh, to Idaho and have seen some digesters over there. And, and of course, when you did your PhD and postdoc in Wisconsin, you also work with farmers that have anaerobic digesters over there and also in California. However, in Texas, this is somewhat new, right? We are starting to see more interest in these digesters. And, and there's one that, that, that is being built in the South Plains, probably one that, that is in the Texas Panhandle. Is there any other place where you have heard about these projects taking place, maybe in Central Texas? So far as far as I know, I think there are a few um, dairy farms they are interested in this. Maybe they are in processing of like you know signing contracts, but I don't really know any. They have been like you know break ground and okay. working on this. But I'm really excited. Finally, digesters come to Texas because 
I have been working with digesters for years when I was in Wisconsin. I know there are a lot of benefits, but of course there are some like risks. That's why yesterday I was really happy to have those like uh, talks. They were talking about the financial part and the feasibility and the, the treatment and the technology. So we definitely want to help our producer to understand like the technology part and all the other like financial part. Mm -hmm. yeah. And perhaps if, if we have somebody in the audience that does not understand um, how uh, this biogas that is obtained from the digester is used, can you provide some examples of uh, what you have heard, how they are using that biogas? If it is a gas company that, that is using it to provide heat to houses or if it, if it, if it can be used for other purposes. Mm -hmm. um, have you heard about some examples, whether in Idaho, California, in other places? Right, I mean, like, you know, this is a pretty basic concept. Like, you know, when we have the biogas, we can do quite a few things. First of all, we can, usually we do like a purification. We try to get rid of like some like water vapors or H2S or something like that. And then either we'll make this into natu renewable natural gas, put this into the pipeline, or we have this like a generator, we can produce, ga uh, produce electricity and send it back to the grid. Okay. Or if we don't have like, you know, any connections to those grid, often some smaller farmers or like, you know, from the north, they use this to heat up the whole farm and try to uh, do some like, you know, keep the digester at a certain temperature. So of course it can generate like a heat, can generate the gas and also can generate the electricity. Those are the major part of it. Mm -hmm. So you're also working with some lagoon water management projects and, and I know you have told me about some projects where you put some boats uh, that navigate and float on, 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 the, on the lagoons in dairies and, and they uh, are self-controlled and, and they can measure uh, some components of, of the lagoons and also some satellite images to assess the composition of lagoons. Can you expand a little bit more on, on that? Yes, definitely. Thank you for asking because those are some of uh, the projects I'm really proud of. So first off, I was about this uh, uh, boat project. This one is funded by USDA and RCS. So what we do use this boat is a self-controlled boat. So it has sensors to go around lagoon so we don't have to control it. And also it's solar powered. So basically what we do is using this solar powered boat treat the lagoon so we can reduce the nutrients and also we can increase the, the aeration so we can reduce the greenhouse gas emissions and also we can reduce odor. So that's what the project was and we have finished this project and we're going to publish something we're still in the writing at this moment. So the boat not only uh, measures the components in the lagoons but also it increases aeration of the that's, lagoon. That's part of the work. Okay. Actually for the measurement part we are not focusing that right now. We're focusing on the water treatment part because we actually use this electrocoagulation to reduce the solids and the phosphors and also we can inject the air because like you know, we have the power from the solar okay so we can inject air and we can reduce greenhouse gas emissions because we can reduce like this anaerobic condition since we inject air okay and that's that's the idea okay so basically what we are doing with these boats you are improving the quality of the water in the lagoons by reducing the phosphorus right Is that reduce correct? the solids at the same time, we can reduce the phosphorus, and also by injecting air, we can reduce the uh, organic and also reduce the greenhouse gas emissions. Oh, I see. Yes. 
And for the other one, uh, is the using the image to analyze uh, lagoon water quality. And these are satellite images? Well, actually, we try to do both. We try to use like cell phone images and also using satellites. Both of this will be the zero cost to our producers. Because, okay. you know, we take all the samples and also we take all the pictures. So we take all those back to our lab and we do lab analysis and later we compare these lab results with the images. So we do like a quite a complicated algorithm. So in the future, we don't have to go take samples anymore. We just take one image where we use the satellite image. We will give you some like a prediction or like estimate what is the living water quality at this moment. If we see, oh, this is a little bit too dark at a certain spot, we may know this may be like organic overload. So we may have to reduce a little bit input or we may have to in increase some aeration or sometimes like the water is like really pinkish color i think that's really great because we have this like a good color indication of the sulfur reducing bacteria okay. so this color is actually a really good indication of water quality and we have taken quite a lot of samples and hopefully we can get more funding so we can take more samples from different regions so that's the goal fantastic yes thank you well thank you so much song with that i would like to acknowledge once again, and, and, and thank you for, for, for accepting uh, being interviewed. And we're very happy that you accepted to join us because you are the expert that we have in manure management in, in, in Texas. So thanks a lot. Thank you so much for having me. As what I mentioned before to you, I'm always here to support you and to support our producers. Please feel free to contact me anytime. Thank you, Sam. Thank you.